Let's bow our heads and we'll jump right in this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this incredible moment that we get to be with your people in um, uh, this place. And Lord, as, I, as we get into your word this morning, I ask that you just speak to our hearts, to our minds, to our souls, to our spirit, Lord. May we receive something big from you today, something monumental, something that will move the ball in our life. And more than that, Lord, we ask that you'll move us closer to you. In Jesus' name I pray, and everyone shouts, amen. Turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and uh, Luke chapter 1, verse 26, and we'll spend some time here this morning. We'll jump around a little bit, but this is going to be the key text that we'll be in, and I'll read. When you're there, say, I'm there. All right. Now, in the sixth month... The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph, of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And coming in, he said to her, greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was very perplexed at this statement and kept pondering, what kind of salutation is this? She was Perplexed, who would call me a favored one? Who, what kind of an angel would, would appear in my presence and say that the Lord is, is with me? She was perplexed. She wasn't expecting that that's how God viewed her. Are you with me this morning? I don't feel like preaching yet, but sometimes you got to pause. Man, what would it be like if God showed up and told you that you're blessed, that you're favored? That you're awesome. That he, is, he has been with you. He's been there all along. How would your life change? How would you receive that type of a greeting from the Most High? Then he goes on. The angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great. He will be called the son of the most high. And the Lord God will give him the, his, the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. Mary said to the angel, how? Everyone say how. How can this be? How can this be since I am a virgin? How can this be? Let me qualify why my question is how. It's because I don't have the qualifying factors to make this thing that you're announcing to me a reality. I don't have the experience necessary for me to be with child. I don't have the background, the pedigree. For this to be manifest in my life. How can this be since I am a virgin? The angel answered her and said, The Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. For, the, for, the, for, the, for that reason, the Holy Child shall be called the Son of God. And behold, even your relative Elizabeth has also conceived a son in her old age. And she who was called barren is now in her sixth month. Man, there's so many po points in Scripture where you just want to pause and just like, can, can you just like allow that to marinate in your heart? 
How can this be? Let me tell you how it's going to happen, Gabrielle. It's not going to happen because you did something. It's going to happen because God is going to come upon you and his power shall overshadow you. And all this is going to be happening in your life, not because of your effort, not because of your your intellect, not because of your experience, not because of where you come from, but because God shall come over you. The Holy Spirit shall overshadow you. It's going to be his mechanism, his intent at work. It's not my sermon. trying to reel myself in. Rein myself in. Rein myself in. I love God so much. You know why I love God? Every time he tells you something that's above and beyond you, he also will give you evidence of other people that he's working on. Amen, somebody. Why can you believe God if he did it for Monica? You know darn tootin' he's going to do it for me too. I feel like preaching in a southern accent, darn tootin'. Lord have mercy. Even your relative, Elizabeth, the one, the one who has been labeled, the one that has been identified by everyone that there is no miracle possible for her, even her in her old age, not only was she barren and without child her entire life, but now she has expired, but God has arrived in her. It's going to give you evidence around you. Oh, yeah, don't, don't get jealous at other people's blessings. Just say, darn tootin', that could be me too. That's evidence that he works, that he's working. Verse 37, powerful words. For nothing will be impossible with God. 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 This is the type of stuff I do when I'm reading scripture. Just giving insight. For nothing will be impossible with God. How many of y'all believe that? For nothing will be impossible with God. Liars. Liars. Because, you know, here's the thing about it. We, 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 we say it theoretically, Ursel. Nothing will be impossible with God unless he's dealing with me. For nothing will be impossible with God in the Bible, but not in 2022. Can we keep it real? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right now, some of you have so many things that are happening. There are distractions in your brain happening right now because you're considering and, 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 and philosophizing and, and, and trying to work out things and, and manipulating ideas and so forth because you see so much impossibility and so many areas where you're stuck and so many multifaceted cluster issues that you don't think that God can step in and work them out. And yet you come to church and say, for nothing will be possible with God. Amen! For other people. That's why Mary can say, how can this be? 
What kind of greeting is this for me? I know that this was for Elijah. I know this was for Moses and Abraham and all those other holy people. But it doesn't apply to me. Are we together this morning? For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, the bondservant, bondslave of the Lord, may it be done to me according to your word. May it be done to me according to your word. She's saying, behold, I am the slave of you. Behold, do whatever you want to do with me, God. I, I will not trust my thinking. I will not lean on my understanding. I will not lean on my experience. But rather, right now, I will submit and say, whatever you want to do. You do it. May it be done according to your word. And Mary said, Now at this time Mary arose and went in a hurry to the hill country to a city of Judah. We'll pick that up a little later on. I'm learning after becoming a parent about the expectations that come with having children. As a matter of fact, I'll go deeper. I'm learning that children expect differently than we do. And Christmas is one of those times where you get to have a, a, a closer, more intimate understanding of that. Because the other day I was talking to Jazz. We are in bed, and, and I, I love Jazz. I, I mean, Jazz is, the way he thinks is just like his name, Jazz. You never know where his brain's going to go. It's like, it's like, it's like a jazz improvisational um, a solo is the experience of jazz. <laughs> Laying in bed, I'm like, jazz, are you excited? It's December. And he says, I know. And today's December 1. And in 24 days, it will be Zion's birthday. Do you know what that means, Daddy? I'm like, what does that mean? Only 23 more days. And I'm like, you did the math? He says, and then tomorrow's going to be 22 days. And after that's going to be 21 days. Then it's going to be 21 and then it's going to be 19 days. And I'm like, how are you subtracting that? I was like, what's subtracting? <laughs> I'm just doing takeaways. <laughs> so I'm like, Jazz, are you excited for Zion's birthday? He said, I'm more excited about God's birthday. Christmas is God's birthday. I'm like, but are you excited for your brother's birthday? Yes. What are you excited about? I really like the cake. I'm like, wow, Jazz, you're, you're, you're amazing. He came home with a piece of paper from his preschool, and they had all these questions that the teacher answered and wrote down. And so one of the questions was, who helps you? Who helps you? His answer was, no one helps me except God. <laughs> Which on one hand made me feel really, really bad. Like, son, you don't think I help you? <laughs> but then on the other hand, I'm like, I'm glad he thinks that only God helps him. But I want him to know they can depend on me too. Children expect on a different level, in a different way. The type of faith that children have in parents 
is a different type of faith and belief in their parents. My children expect from me, and they know that they will have a meal. Are you with me? They know that, that whatever that they want, whatever that they need, whatever, that, that, that whatever help they need will come if they ask for it. One day, my son, when Zion was a little, little smaller, he was probably like four, three years old, four years old, he told me, Daddy, take off my shoes. I'm like, do I obey you? He says, yes, because whenever I ask you to do something, you will do it. <laughs> Darn tootin' who's, anyway. <laughs> when I need help, I ask you, and you always help me. My daughter's like, her mother, she never forgets. She never, ever, ever forgets with detail. <laughs> She'll say, do you remember at the beginning of the summer you told me that I'll have a yes day? A yes day is a day when she, I can't say no to her. And she'll specify where she's going to go. She'll say, my yes day will start at Target. <laughs> and then I'll have another yes day with my girls. <laughs> and that will be at the mall after church. <laughs> True story. First, we will go into the mall. We'll go to Build-A-Bear. And it's a yes day. We can get whatever we want. <laughs> I've learned to put some limits on that. <laughs> Because after the first yes day at the mall, I had to change the family budget for the month. <laughs> she never forgets, and she knows that whatever she asked for, no matter when it was, no matter how long ago, she will ask you, she expects you to deliver that which you agreed upon. You cannot derail her or try to distract her with other things. She'll say, no, I still want this because that's what we agreed on. You don't want to disappoint me. <laughs> Justice is exponentially more complicated. Exponentially because he, he, has, he does it with an attitude. I want a pancake with whipped cream. <laughs> we don't have whipped cream. Go to the store and get it. Right now. Why are you still here? You don't have your shoes on yet. Then he like shrugs his shoulders, <laughs> walks off. <laughs> he expects you to act, man. There's no question. You're going to have to do exactly what, what he, he's the CEO of the family. See, here's the thing about it. My children don't believe in me. They expect from me. It's a different level of belief. It's a different level of faith. They don't just believe theoretically that maybe perhaps if things work out, daddy will take care of my needs. It's like, no, you will do it because that's what you are supposed to do. It is part of daddying. It is part of being a parent. 
Luke 3.15 says this, says, um, uh, if you, you, you'll, you'll go there real quick, Luke 3.15. Uh, and this is just to kind of give you the atmosphere at which we find the Christmas story in. The atmosphere and the season of time that we find the Christmas story in is in one where the people were waiting in expectation. It says, now, while the people were in a state of what? expectation and all were wondering in their hearts about John as to whether he was the Christ at this time of the Christmas story it had been 400 years of silence from God 400 years there's been no prophet who has risen up 400 years there's been no major word from God there's been no major move things have been dark and silent but even in the darkness and in the silence the people were expectant on their tiptoes, waiting, wondering, is this the Messiah? Who is John? John is preaching powerfully. Could he be the one? Could he be the one? And here's what I found is this, is that sometimes, most times, God works when people are in the atmosphere of expectation. While the people are in the tippy-toe of anticipation. I, I, I don't want to call him a, a, a will God. Because most of you treat God as, as a will God. I want him to be reframed in your mind, in your heart, in your spirit as a when God. A when God. A vocabulary that you must have, a linguistic crack that you must carry about who God is, is when God moves. When God shows up. When God delivers that promise. When God finally heals. Are you with me? It will color our lives in such that we will praise in expectation. Oh, man. Pastor Scott said something about rejoicing. Was well, that you, Pauline? Rejoicing. You know, you know what rejoicing means? I, I'm simple. I like language. If you know me well enough, you'll know that every time we're looking at a word, I'll Google that word. I'll find the etymology and say, what's, what's this word? Where did it come from? You know? Ursel, for the longest time, was saying his name, Ursel, means little bear. And then I, I said, no, it doesn't mean little bear. Let's look this thing up. It means the one who comes as a king. Right? Like, yeah, let's, let's find out the word. And, and here's, here's the thing about words. The thing about words is this, is that the word rejoice in simplicity simply means that you've already rejoiced the first time. It's a remix on your praise. Come on now. <laughs> That's good for me. The remix for your praise. It's like when you asked, you already praised with expectation that he will deliver. And then when it comes to pass, you just kind of put a remix on whatever, what you already praised about. Praise with expectation. Give with expectation. Listen with expectation. Pray with expectation. Move with expectation. Because there's nothing in between you and your miracle. When you expect. Are you with me? Expect deliverance. Expect healing. Why? Because Romans 8.17 tells us that we are joined heirs with Christ. Are you with me right now? We are what? Joint heirs with Christ. Raina, you are a joint heir with Christ. Did Jesus ever ask anything of the Father and the Father said, can't do that when Jesus if 
I'm a joint heir with Christ, it means that whenever I'm in line with God, whatever I ask according to God's will happens. It's not an if and well, maybe, perhaps. It's a when God. It's a when God. There's a story in Acts chapter 3, verse 5. See, see, watch this. Acts 3, verse 5. Go, go there real quick. Acts 3, Acts, never mind. Don't, you don't have to go there. I'll go there myself because I want to kind of give you a little background. We're going to take some time this morning. Is that all right with you guys? Okay, so, so, so watch this. This, this, is, this is one of those interesting stories that kind of cracks me up in Scripture. Now, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the ninth hour, the hour of prayer. And a man who had been lame from his mother's womb was being carried along whom they used to sit, sit down every day at the gate of the temple, which is called Beautiful, in order to beg alms for those who were entering the temple. When, P, when he saw Peter and John about to go into the temple, he began asking them to receive alms. But Peter, along with John, fixed his gaze on him and said, look at us. And he began to give them his attention, expecting to receive something from them. I, I just like that part. He began giving them attention, doing what? expecting to receive something from them. Do you ever look at God in a way where you're expecting to receive? Do you ever go into prayer expecting that you will receive what you ask for? Or do you go to prayer to pray in God with anxiety that you will be disappointed? First John verse three tells us this says that go there real quick. First John three two says, "Beloved, now we are children of God. What are we? What are we? We are. Let me remind you that you are children of God, and it has not appeared as yet what we will be. We know that when He appears, we will be like Him because we will see Him." Just as he is right now, what are you? Children of God, but yet to become what you will be when you see him. Are you, are you following that? Okay, so, so, so there's, there's a, a, a reality of who you will be, but currently you already are a child. Daddy, tie my shoes. Daddy, give me some bread. Daddy, I'm, I'm a little scared. Give me some, some, some courage. Give me confidence. Give me some assurance. Let me walk into this in faith, believing that you're going to deliver that which you have promised. Man, I just want to dispel the myth. I want to cancel the idea that you have in your mind, that you carry in, that you may actually subconsciously walk and carry yourself in a way where you think that God is a trickster. Oh, yeah, Eric, I know. I know. I, I, I know from personal experience where, where I've looked at God like, you know, I'm just doing this because I saw my parents pray about it, but I really don't believe it. So my prayer life is really anxiety. 
God, help me, help me. God, come on, do it this time. Do it this time. Come on, will you do it? <sighs> and what happens is that whenever I get into that space where I'm not praying or, or asking God with expectation in my heart, what would happen is that I will then go to my own devices. And my own ways. So, so, so God says, we are, we are, behold, we are children of God, and what we will be has not yet been shown to us, because when we see him, we shall become like him, and we'll be what we will be. I, that's sort of what John's trying to tell us there, that we, we, are, we are children of God already, but yet to become something even more. And, and here's what the devil does. Here's what the devil does. Um, what makes, um, uh, what, what gives the devil um, uh, a stomachache and a headache, and it makes me want to get some Pepto-Bismol and Rolaids or something, is this, is that um, he knows that who you are now is not fully what you're going to be. Are you with me? So, so, so the devil's not afraid of your past, although you're preoccupied pride with your past. The devil is not as concerned or afraid of who you are right now, even though he's jealous of who you are right now. What concerns him and what he attacks is the capacity and the potential of your future. Primarily, as it relates to what you can expect God to do in your life. Are we together? Can I go deeper a little bit on that? I'm going to go ahead and park on it. Before we get to the text, we haven't gotten to our text yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's just the intro. But I want you to get this. Um, uh, do you remember this, this, this story when um, uh, Peter confesses the Christ? Right, and, and so uh, Jesus is with the disciples, and he's like, yeah, "Who do people say I am? I just want to know what the word on the street is about me. What do they say? Some people say that you're Elijah. Others say that you're you're a prophet or or someone from from the past. And some say that you're John the Baptist. But and, and then Jesus is like, okay, fine, that's what they're saying. But who do you say that I am? And it, it's it 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 stuns me that in a group of twelve guys, only one person recognizes him. Twelve guys are like, who do you say I am? They're kind of like. Mm-hmm. Peter, you say something. And Peter's like, you're the son of the most living, you're the Christ, the son of the most living God. And then Jesus says, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. Later on he says, but I've prayed for you because the devil has tried to sift you as wheat, Peter. And the process of sifting wheat is where you remove the seed from the wheat, the seed that can create more life and create more abundance and create more and multiply. He says he, he, he tried to take away the seed of multiplication in your life. But I've prayed for you. Why would the devil want that? He's not afraid of the fact that you've been saved. He's not afraid that you're a child of God right now. He's afraid of you walking in expectation from God. Because if you walk in expectation and start manifesting the things of God in your life, darn tootin', you might become something dangerous. You might become a potential threat to darkness. You might walk into spaces and places that did not have your name on it yet. You might change generational cycles in your life. Are you with me this morning? It hasn't appeared yet. You're not there yet. So what does that tell us? 
expect more. Expect more for your life. There's more for your life. Why? Because it is impossible. Everyone say it is impossible. It is impossible for God to forget what he promised me. It is impossible for God to forget what he promised me. Are you with me? See, people are inconsistent, but God is always consistent. Oh, man. Sometimes I want to be African on y'all. I really do. Sometimes I want to be African on y'all because African preaching sometimes can be very simple. I've been to African churches. This will, ha- will happen. The devil is very bad, but God is very good. People are inconsistent, but God is consistent. And the church goes nuts. He's consistent. He never fails. He's God Almighty. Consistent God. Worship team comes up. Consistent God. Consistent God. He is consistent. He is consistent. And we have church, but y'all are Americans are a little bit more sophisticated. You need to impress me with something more deeper than that. I need to know more than the fact that he's consistent. Why? You're inconsistent. It takes somebody supernatural to be consistent. He never fails. He never fails. As a matter of fact, you need to, Christians should live like the price is right. Do you remember The Price is Right? Bob Barker? You're in a crowd of people that there's an audience, and then something will happen like this. He'll say like this. He'll go, Mandy Granado, come on down. You've been chosen to play The Price is Right. And the crowd's going crazy. Like, yeah! And then the crowd, the camera goes over to Mandy, and Mandy's like, She hasn't won anything yet. She hasn't won a thing yet. But we're celebrating an expectation because she has been chosen. And the fact that she's been chosen, she comes in celebration expecting to win something. Expecting to go home with the prize. Are you with me this morning? I can't remember the theme music, but it goes something like that. That's a sub 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 uh, melody that's underneath it. Come on now. The person was just excited to be chosen, to be called. And something has happened to our sense of expectation. Something happened along the way. Something stole our sense of expectation. We learned to manage our expectation of God. We learned to manage God's possibility within the scope of our impossibilities. My friend Jeff was in town recently. And he likes cars and racing. He used to race hot rods in his younger days. And every time we, he, he said to me, he's like, hey, let, let's go test drive some cars. Let's go to West Coast, West Coast Imports and test some supercars out. I'm like, Jeff, I, I don't have time for that. He's like, let's, let's go do it. Come on. Your soul needs it. 
And I was like, fine. And he knows everything about cars. He'll tell you the curb weight of something. He's like, that, one's, that car is very heavy. It's very heavy. It's like, it's, it's got to be 6,000 pounds. I'm like, I don't care. Does it start? Is there a gas pedal? Will it get me there? Do you know what I mean? How many horsepower is in that car? I've never seen a horse inside it. Oh, that's 560 horsepower. But the thing about it, it, it weighs a little bit heavier. So the 600 horsepower, and, and I'm like, I don't, who cares? The rear differential, I'm like, I don't care about a rear differential. The turbos, I'm like, okay, whatever, cool. We get on the, on the road, we're driving this car, and my God, I had to remind him, I am the father of four African children. I am married to a Syrian refugee woman. I must survive this car ride to go take care of them in my village. I was freaking out. This guy is, we, we, he got the car up, officer, he got the car up to 150. It could go faster because the speedometer said 200, but he got up to 150. My heart was behind me. I was like, okay, slow down. My heart has to catch up. Hey, that's, that's not for church, but, you know. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. <laughs> well, Elder, he was, dri- he was driving at the speed of Jesus. <laughs> I was scared then, too. <laughs> Mira, listen. <laughs> the car has a potential of 200. We got to 150. We get to talking. I'm like, you know what? I never got my BMW over 110. And Jeff goes, that's because it had a limiter. It had a governor in that car. It's been installed with the governor. You have to go to a special shop to remove the governor, to remove the limiter. There's an age where as a child you had expectation. You believed in the impossible. Nothing could stop you. As a matter of fact, everyone around you would say, use your imagination, whatever you can. You, you're so creative. And then you turn 12, 13 years old, and now you need to start becoming realistic. There's some of you where early in your walk with Christ, things were impossible. I mean, nothing was impossible. You'd pray and you're like, God's going to do this. God's going to, I know God's going to show up. I know God's going to show up. And then you start walking with God for a little bit. And, and, and this is the thing about it. I was talking to some folks. They're like, you know, the more you get into faith, the more you walk with Jesus, does it get easier? Does it get better? No. You become more cynical most times. I'm talking to you old saints. You start putting a limiter and a governor on what God can do, John. Based on what you believe is possible. Based on what you believe is realistic. 
I'm not going to pray that prayer. God's not going to show up. Come on. I love this story. I'm going to tell you right now because I think I have time. I've got a little time. So one day, I've told this story to y'all, but I love telling it because it's one of those stories. I was in Lincoln, Nebraska. I started my company. It was growing. Any business owners in here? Right? Okay. Business owners, you know this. Sometimes you can have all the employees paid and you're not paid. Hello, somebody. Hmm? Oh, yeah. Amen. That's somebody right there. That's testifying. They know what's up. You've paid everybody. The bills are paid. The, the rent is paid. And the employees are paid. And, and you just grossed $2,538,000. It's been a wonderful year. But guess what? That was gross. The gross thing about it is that your net profit is negative $22. And it was one of those seasons. Things were going good on the outside. And everybody was thriving. But I was looking at my bank account, and I had 17 cents. You know, one of those days, see, you, that, that, this is back in the day when you couldn't, like, you know, have an app on the phone that you could check your balances. You had to go to the bank itself. Stood in line, bank is all busy. Now it's your turn. You get up there, like, I just want to check my balance. And the teller goes, Mr. Belima, you have 17 cents. You pitiful human, you. Can you, can you keep that down? Oh, I just want to check that account. I, I don't want to check the other accounts where all the money is. All the money's in the other accounts. <laughs> See, the way my checking account works is that it's, it's connected to my, you know. It was one of those days, and I get invited to this dinner with some of the business owners in town. They're like, John Belima, you need to come because we see what's happening with your company. It's growing so fast. Fastest growing company in, in Nebraska. You guys are doing amazing things. Went from zero to 100 employees in less than six months. It was incredible. But I was broke. Amen, somebody. It was temporary. Glory to God. I kept at it because I was expecting. Hello, somebody. And And, and so... I go to this dinner, and I go to this dinner knowing that I probably only have 17 cents in my, on my debit card. I think I probably borrowed like 20 bucks from Ursel. Probably, most likely what happened. So I have $20, I'm like, okay. And they're taking us to the most exclusive steakhouse in Nebraska. Nebraska does steak. Like you show up in Nebraska and you say, I'm vegan. They're like, so what kind of steak do you eat? No, 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 I'm vegan. Wait, did you say you're a Democrat? <laughs> it's one of those states. You must be from California, huh? Sit down and everybody's ordering porterhouse, bone-in tomahawks, filet mignon. And I'm looking at the menu from the right-hand side of the menu. Y'all know what I'm talking about. That's where you're trying to find a price, and based on the price, that's the meal you're having. I'm like, I think I'll have the salad, the Caesar salad, no chicken, no, I don't need any protein. I'm on a very specialized diet. I just, you know, do you know how many calories? You know red meat does a thing, you know, hypertension and just, 
There's so many studies out there. I grew up Seventh-day Adventist, and so we had a very Loma Linda people live longer, you know, because of the vegetarian. I just need a salad, you know, just a salad. Like, enjoy, enjoy. How's that steak? Is it well? Yeah, it's a little runny for me, but uh, I'm just enjoying the salad, you know. The croutons are great. They're great. They're great. And it's one of those restaurants where the, 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 the waitress brings the dessert on a big platter to give you the choices. Would you like a dessert? Would you like a dessert? I'm like, no, no, no. Is that gluten-free? <laughs> At the end of the meal, people who are organizing the dinner are like, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, keep your wallets to yourselves. This meal is on us. And I'm like, oh, yo, is it too late? <laughs> You're all hungry. Everyone's all full. Like, oh my gosh, thank you. You're so generous. I base my entire engagement on my ability and my reality and not the possibility that laid in that was in that room. And most of us go to God with our budget and expect from life, not from his budget and him being the one who's underwriting your life, but rather. I'm doing it by myself. I can never do that. I'm not wired that way. I'm not gifted like that person. Shut up. That's you saying, how can this be? For I am a virgin. Christmas is about expectation. Expectation. Luke one twenty six. The angel of the Lord Gabriel comes to Mary and says, I have great news for you, O favored one. You found favor with God. God's been watching you. God has called you to do something amazing. God sees so much in you, and, 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 and you are the one who's been chosen for a specific task, a specific role that you will be remembered for ages to come. And Mary's like, what kind of a greeting is this? I'm from, I'm from Riverside. I'm from Sunnymead. I'm from Sunnymead Ranch. It's a little bit more sophisticated. <laughs> God's not thinking about people from here. I'm planting a seed inside of you. That's great. It starts with Mary, you're expecting. You're expecting. And here's the thing about something when you're expecting, when you're expecting, it means that something is growing on the inside of you, something is at work on the inside of you. The Christmas story is about expectation. What do you expect from God? In verse 45 of Luke chapter 1, Elizabeth tells Mary, blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. 
Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. That's a weird statement because she's still pregnant at the time, but yet Elizabeth is saying, blessed are you for believing that there's fulfillment. Are you following me? Elizabeth is speaking in terms of it's done. Why? God said it. It hasn't been delivered yet, but God said it, so it's done. Oh, man, I, I wonder what it would be like for you, Heather, if you just kind of like walked around life talking about, God, it's done already. We don't see it yet. Yeah, 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 it's, it's done. But it's still cooking, still on, a, no, 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 it's been fulfilled. Why is it fulfilled? He said it. He said it. Because he said it, it's done. Here's what, here's what I've learned. I've learned that God does not necessarily live in this thing called time. In Kronos time, he lives outside of time. So when he said something that is outside of time and he says it's already done, I'm over here in a linear fashion trying to walk towards it and God's on the other side of it saying it's already done. It, 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 he sees it done even though you're still in approach of it. He's on the other side having seen it already in your timeline completed. Are you with me right now? You're walking into life from this perspective of I've got to get it, I've got to get it. God's on this side saying I've already sent it, I've already sent it, and it's arriving at a time of fulfillment. I wish you could understand that deeper, and I wish I could preach it in a way that you, you can like, you know, hear it in your, own, in your own language, in your brain, because as I speak it, I know you're interpreting it in your own way. It's done. She's still pregnant. But Elizabeth's like, it's already complete. There's already fruit from that seed that's been planted. So several things I want us to guide in our expectation around Christmas. And like I said, we can preach so many ways around this passage. But today my assignment is simply to give you three points about expectation this season. Are you with me? Point number one, stop forcing God to wear your shoe size. Stop forcing God to wear your shoe size. Because we oftentimes will approach God from the scope of what we believe is manageable. And a small life is built on small vision, small execution, small risks. Mary was stuck on how. How? Can this be? How can this be? Since I am a virgin, how? Most of us are just stuck and preoccupied with how. Are you with me? And how puts a limit on who? Consider the source. Consider the source. Are you with me? If it's coming from God, erase your how and focus on your who. Who said it? God said it. Okay, it's done. Who said it? Joe Biden. It may not happen. Who said it? Denzel Washington. Uh, it'll be cool, but it may not happen. The 
Christmas miracle isn't about how, it's about who. Who was at work? Who was at work? See, the thing about how is that how focuses on our mechanics and diminishes God's intention. If it was God's intent, does God ever have an intent that never fulfills? The data proves it. If he said it, he's going to do it. If he willed it, it's going to happen. It's already past tense. Are you with me? For nothing will be impossible. For what? Nothing will be impossible with God. But is it realistic, Gabrielle? Is it realistic? Lord have mercy. Man. Mm, mm, mm. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> I love God for this reason. Oh, man. I feel like praising him right now. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We, we, we're in a room right now of people who could stand up and declare the testimony of God of how when the doctor said, because of this condition, because of your genetics and because of the, the things, the chromosomes not matching up with these things, you will never be able to, to have a baby. And then God shows up and cancels out everything that the doctor said to you. And then the sneaky thing comes into your mind like, well, it's because I was using probiotics and, and all the organics things. And I went to a naturopath. Shut up. Perhaps maybe just because God said it, it happened. Are you with me? Lord have mercy. La last night I was at a celebration and, and it was one of those moments where, where it was like I, I got giddy a little bit. I got a little bit giddy. I, 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 I tapped Pauline. She was sitting behind me. I was like... Babe, 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 this right here, this right here, what we're experiencing right now, just nine months ago was an impossibility. It never was going to happen. We had years and years of data proving why this could never be. And here we are sitting in the midst of a miracle of how God moves on the hearts and says, what you believe I can't move in a person's life, I will orchestrate and arrange through many different ways, winding turns, but somehow, some way, I will bring you to a place of reconciliation. It may not be fully how you see it. Lord have mercy. My God, hallelujah. I feel like testifying right now. I feel like testifying because I can look at the faces of people in this room right now and I just can, oh, got to cover my mouth. I don't want to break out into tongues in front of you and embarrass some of you Baptists right now. Because God is good. God is good. And I'm stuck on how and God's like, shut up, Negro. It's me who's planning it. And I'm consistent. And I get my way. Just like justice. <laughs> and, and here I am trying to make God wear my shoe size. Christmas is wonderful, but we lose the wonder of Christmas we never get into the wonder of Christmas 
Because it's based on my manageability. Don't make God your mini-me. Don't make God your mini-me this season. I'm only going to pray prayers that I think can happen. Let me give, give you a little hack to understand this. Everybody in this room probably has something that's been, you've, you've, been see, you've seen a glimpse of what's possible in your life. You've seen a glimpse. Everybody, you've not seen the full movie or the steps or the way that it's going to happen, but you've seen a glimpse, just a little flash. Like, you see it. It comes to you. Like, you just like see this impression. Like, and, and it's a moment where you feel elated. Like, if only, and then it's like a moment of inspiration. Can, can I show you how inspiration works? Is that okay? We have a little time. Inspiration never goes to your head. You never feel inspiration in your brain like, oh, my God, I'm so inspired. <laughs> it never goes up here. Inspiration always speaks to here. It's, up, it's in here. You ever feel that feeling that's in here? It's like, oh. And then what happens, because here, God speaks to you here. This is, this is the brain that he speaks to, the heart. And what happens is that while he's speaking to your heart and you're being inspired, it now has to go through your brain. And your brain filters things based on your past experiences. You can't do that. <laughs> you can't buy a home. Nobody in your family has been a homeowner. What makes you think you can do it? Yes, Reina, you can help people for 16 years help buy homes, but it's not for you yet. But then the moment you say, I'm going to cancel out this filter of my brain and believe what he said to my heart and make a move towards it, things happen so fast it will make you flip, faint, and fall out how God delivers it once you get your brain out of the way and just get your faith up in there. Am I speaking lies? Can you confirm and deny whether or not I'm telling the truth? We can go around the room. It's going to take time. It's going to take so much time. It's going to take, it's going to take so much time. I remember, I remember when Monica, we, we, we delivered a prophetic word to her. It's like, you got to go do this school thing because you're already good at what you're doing. I see how you treat your students. I see how the students trust you. I see how they come and they bear their hearts to you. You should not just be an aide. You can do school. She's like, I don't know if I can do school. I don't know. I was not good at this. And now she's like, hey, guess what? I get a text message from her all the time. It's, it's kind of annoying. She sends me these text messages. She'll say, Hey, hey, remember that, that math test that I was, I was, I was worried about? I, I aced it. And I'm like, Mira, listen. Mija. Mija, listen. All of us see more about you the way that God sees about you. Get your head out of the way. And next year about this time, she's getting her credentials. Come on now. It's because we don't get stuck on how. We just believe in the who. Who gives us those flashes and those impulses that say, could this be God? Get your brain out of the way and just say, you know what? That is my anxiety factory right here. Your brain is an anxiety factory. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh, man. Many people entertain the call of God, but never accept it because their brain gets in the way. 
And Christmas captures our sense of what's possible. And only the obedient to the possibility of God experience the God of nothing is impossible. Only the obedient. Point number two. Leave your comfort zone. Do what? Leave your comfort zone. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, behold, I am the bond servant, the bond slave of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Verse 39, watch this. Now at this time. When? Now. Now. I like now. I like the word now, especially in scripture. Now faith. Now at when? This time. Now when? This time. Now at? Come on. Let's say say it unison. Black church. It's out. Now, at this time. Sheesh, man. Here's the thing about it. When God gives you a word, don't linger on it. Don't dilly-dally and lally-gag along talking about, I just got to wait on God and just see what's going to happen. Let me, be, let me go talk to Mike and, Mike and, and Shelly about this. <laughs> what do you think about? Mary doesn't say, hey, 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 hey. Hey, Taylor, you ever had an angel show up to you? <laughs> nah, that can't. Wait a minute. The angel said, you got, you, you, you're you pregnant? Mm. Mm. <laughs> How'd you get pregnant? Did you and Joseph? Uh-uh. Yeah, girl, whatever. So now people are just going to the pool, jumping in the pool and getting pregnant from the water. Right. It doesn't say that Mary was like, you know, went and and Googled immaculate conceptions in history. She didn't go on TikTok to find other trending videos on angel sightings. Now at this time. Let's look at the mechanics. And Mary said, behold, the boss. Okay, let's go. And, and, and now at this time, Mary arose. She did what? Arose. When did she do it? Now. At this time. She did what? Arose. And went in a what? The, the way that she did it was how? In a hurry. Quick, fast, and in a hurry. She left her comfort zone very quickly because the comfort zone is the graveyard of belief. The comfort zone is the blessing blocker. And here's what I want to tell you, very important. God didn't tell Mary to go to Elizabeth. That's a heavy revy for you. A lot of times when it comes to the call of God on your life, he doesn't send support. Support is self-initiated. I just need people. I need to get confirmation by God sending Elizabeth to me. No, now, at this time, I will leave what's comfortable around me and go to where the blessing is happening. 
I want to submit to you this. Do you know why it's called leaving your comfort zone? You want to know why? You got to get up and move. And when you leave the comfort zone, you might get punched in the face. When you leave the comfort zone, you might do what? Get punched in the face. When you leave the comfort zone, it's going to be uncomfortable. (laughs) When you leave the comfort zone, you lose the support system that keeps you stagnant. having a conversation with a friend the other day, and I asked, I asked her, I was like, let me ask you a question. How many people in your life, in your circle, in the people that you know and are close to, have ever accomplished that which God has given you to do? And she said to me, no one. Then why are you leaning on them for advice? Why are you needing them to support you? Why are you needing them to encourage you? Why are you using the way that they think about things to guide you? And resisting people who can lead you there because they offend you. You're now in the uncomfortable zone, and I'm going to speak to you uncomfortably. I'm going to deal with you uncomfortably because you've got to change the physiology of what was comfortable and enter into a place of growth. Now, at this time, she arose, self-initiated, to go find support in someone who could disciple her. Someone who's further along. She was six months in. Oh, I went through first trimester. You throw up a lot. You'll be okay, Mary. Morning sickness, I already did that. Because if you hang around people who've never delivered a baby, they might give you theoreticals. But when you get around people who've experienced it and done it, They might push you towards your possibility. Point number three, and I'm done. Cancel human words and accept, activate, and act on God's word. Cancel human words, but accept, activate, and act on God's word. None of this would have been happened, would have been possible, were it not for one sentence. Are you ready for it? None of this would have happened, were it not for one sentence. Powerful response. Verse 38. And Mary said, Behold, the bond slave of the Lord may be done to me according to your word not according to what my scope of words are, not according to my vocabulary of what I think is possible in my life, not according to my experience, not according to what my parents think, not according to what my friends think, not according to what Tucker Carlson said, not according to what MSNBC might be saying, not according to anything else that is on this human level that is understandable, but according to your word. I'm going to trust your word. I'm going to act on your word. I'm going to accept your word. I'm going to activate my life and at this time get up from where I am and rise and go to Elizabeth based on your word. May it be 
done according to your word. The miracles and the possibilities of Christmas only happen when we say, God, I'm just going to trust you. I'm just going to move with you. The miracles happen in motion. They never happen while you just sit there. God's looking for a response that says, I don't understand, but I know that you stand over it. You'll get that later. And before the baby's born, here's how I know that Mary, Mary accepted it. Because in verse, 30, verse 46, Mary starts prophesying. Watch this. I love this. And Mary, Mary began having a praise party, and she said, My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior. For he has regard for the humble state of his bond slave. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. My God, man. When's the last time you said that about yourself? Go ahead. Let's go ahead and read. As we read this, I want you to read this like it's about you. My soul exalts the Lord. My spirit has rejoiced in God, my Savior, for he has had regard for the humble state of Jonathan Belima. For behold, from this time on, all generations will count me blessed. Let's move on. For the mighty one has done great things for who? Come on, say it like you believe it. For the mighty one has done great things for? And the holy is his name. And his mercy is upon generation after generation towards those who fear him. He has done mighty deeds within his arm. He has scattered those who were proud in the thoughts of their heart. He has brought down the rulers from their thrones. And he has exalted those who were humble. Praise God. He has filled the hungry with the good things and sent away the rich empty-handed. He has given help to Jonathan. His servant. In remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers and to Abraham and his descendants forever. Lord have mercy. That's my song as it was Mary's song. As it is your song. That's what Christmas is. Expectation. Anxiety and anticipation are the same exact emotion. Two sides of it. One side of the coin is anticipation. The other side is anxiety. But they're driven by the same thing. What are you expecting? Anxiety is expecting the past to repeat. Anticipation is the reason why Zara said to me the other day, Daddy, I remember when I was really, really sick, and in the middle of the night, I woke up, and I sneaked over, and I saw you and Mommy wrapping presents. <laughs> I'm like, why were you awake? And when was that? It was Christmas morning. 
I was like, why'd you wait? He's, and she, she goes, it was not morning yet, but it was really late. I think it was four in the morning. I woke up to see what was going on. Because childlike wonder only approaches Christmas with anticipation of good gifts under the tree. There's never been a child that has had anxiety over opening a gift. I don't know if I want to open it. Last time I opened up a gift, it was, it was horrible. All of us open, unwrap a gift with anticipation of what's going to be in it. What good is going to be inside that box? I can't wait for, for December 25 as Jazz. He says, I like Christmas more than Zion's birthday because it's God's birthday and I get presents too. Even as we approach God, some of us who are not in the faith yet approach from a place of anxiety. Will he accept me? Will I be loved? Will I be able to walk and carry and be this thing that he's called me to be? And God's like, don't have anxious, for I am not a man. I'm God Almighty, and nothing is impossible. Jesus said to his disciples, if an earthly father gives good gifts to his children, although he is evil, what more will God do who is not evil? He'll give you the gift, even the promised Holy Spirit. Let us approach this Christmas season with expectation in our heart. An expectation that does not make God our mini-me. That does not make God wear our shoe size. An expectation that cancels out human words, accepts, activates, and acts on God's word. Amen? anticipation and expectation that's willing to leave our comfort zone and seek the support to see our gift come to life. Let me pray for you. God, we thank you. Thank you for Jesus. We thank you for being a God who does exactly what he says he'll do. We thank you that you've called us not to just be slaves, servants but behold what manner of love it is that the father has given to us that we should be children of God may we be like child may we be like children have childlike faith a faith that is not theoretical but a faith that fully expects that when God says he's going to do something my daddy's going to do it because that's what he is it's part of his job description it's his role And more importantly, Lord, may we give you our hearts, expecting you to take care of them. Grow us. Teach us. 
direct us and do all that you want to do in us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen, amen. Amen, come on, you guys get something good out of God's word.